like to introduce uh, Lana Mitchell, Director of Communications for Royal Flying Doctor Service, to give us your specific thank you case very much. Tickets, so thank you. Hello, everybody. Gosh, I'm going to have to really work to answer this question now. I've been put on the spot. Um, uh, my name is Lana. I've been working for the Royal Flying Doctor Service for almost five years. I'm based in Canberra. We have. Uh, um, a federated structure within the Flying Doctor, seven different companies across the country. Uh, I'm in the federated body, which is a very, very small office, um, very small team. Um, in total, our federated staff uh, is just over 10. Um, and, but otherwise, our, the bulk of our staff and professionals all around the country is more than 1,500 staff. So um, my role is uh, essentially anything relating to communications, internal, external, public relations, media, national partnerships, um, uh, events, you name it. Um, because it's a small team, uh, we're very fluid, we work uh, very closely together. So I'll see if I can do my best to answer the question that you want to have answered. Great, so the question is, how has the RFDS achieved the most reputable charity for the last eight years running? <laughs> I can tell you what we don't do. Um, we don't have a big advertising budget. In fact, when I get contacted regularly, um, from all manner of people, magazines, TV, radio, you know, I just tell them I actually don't have one. I have no advertising budget whatsoever, um, so you're wasting your time. Um, we don't have impressive corporate strategies where we sit around and do talk fests and come up with big charts on the walls or anything like that. Um, we don't really even have major public relations efforts. Um, and we certainly don't have campaigns to influence or to sway public opinion. I can also say without question that we do not take on any slanderous efforts to lower the reputation of other very hardworking charities. In fact, we try as much as possible to work with many of you here. Heart Foundation we work with, diabetes, um, there's many um, that we we are actually endeavouring to have really long-term partnerships with because we see the synergies and we see the importance of it. So the question is then, what do we do? Um, well, I guess the first answer to that is that we provide vital emergency and healthcare services where they're needed. Um, and see if I can make this little thing work here. Um, the first thing that we do is uh, we provide a 24-7 emergency medical service across 7.69 million square kilometres. It doesn't matter where you are in Australia, we will get to you within two hours if you run into trouble. We will pick you up if you roll your caravan. We will um, pick you up uh, by plane if you're having a heart attack. We will. Uh, if you are um, pregnant and go into premature labour, we will come and get you. It doesn't matter where you are in this country, including Tasmania and also many of the various islands that surround our country, we are there. Accidents, injury, illnesses, um, yeah, we are Australia's third largest airline. We have 70 planes. Uh, we're just the airline you don't want to check in with, really. <laughs> and our in-flight entertainment really sucks. <laughs> Uh, the th second thing that we do is we hold primary health care GP services um, across the country 
This map actually shows all the locations of our permanent ongoing clinics. We hold 40 every single day. Now, we take it for granted when you live in a metro area, Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, wherever you might be, you're not feeling well, you go to the doctor. I mean, it's, it's a it's just very, very simple process. You pick up the phone, you make an appointment. If your doctor doesn't have a space, they'll find you. It's normally a clinic. They'll normally fit you in with somebody. That doesn't happen elsewhere because in most of these places, there aren't doctors. Um, so our... Um, our clinics, our regular clinics, depending on the population size, sometimes it's once a week, sometimes it's once a fortnight, sometimes it's once a month. Um, but we deliver all those services that, that we all take for granted. Anything prenatal, immunizations for children, chronic disease management, uh, whether it's heart disease or kidney or diabetes or um, skin health, skin cancer, all of these things that you would normally say, oh, I'll just go and get that mole checked. Well, that's that's how the RFDS does that. Um, for the one third of the population that live in Australia, we are essentially their cradle to grave GP um, or womb to tomb is the other way of saying it. Um, so that is the second way or how we're even known locally within country Australia. The third way is and this is a very little known fact by many, um, we have over 3,500 medical chests across Australia. Now a medical chest is a large, it almost looks like a, an army uh, military style uh, steel box. It's big. Uh, you lift the lid and inside is a list of contents uh, all numbered and it's got everything in there that you would need for emergency first aid, um, for, it's sort of like a mini chemist. It has antibiotics, it has, um, you name it, anything you need. And 3,500 custodians exist around this country. This is, you know, the local gas station. This is the homestead where the tourist caravan park is. This is um, uh, the post office. This is, you name it. And we have custodians who very proudly look after that medical chest that's in their local area. Um, and they, um, are responsible for its contents, for making sure everything stays up to date, and that it's accessible, that it's secure, that nobody can, uh, you know, painkillers and this sort of thing, it's not openly accessible to anyone. But that, in combination with our telehealth services, um, we uh, did, I think it was something like uh, 150,000 telehealth service calls just last year. Um, it means that no matter where you are, let's say you're um, a young mother, you have a three-year-old, she's had a fever for two days, you're in a remote area, your closest township is four hours drive away, you can call the telehealth line and you can speak to a doctor on the phone, you can walk through the symptoms, you can describe exactly what's happening, that, doc that telehealth doctor will be in touch with you on a regular basis and they will say your closest medical chest is just half an hour away, I want you to go and see Joan and she'll get out and I want you to have number four, okay, on that list inside the box, number four, and I want you to give it to your daughter um, twice a day and this is, the, this is the dosage and so you'll go and see Joan and Joan will dispense it for you. So our medical chests allow people, no matter where they live, to speak to a doctor, to access pharmaceuticals when they need them and they allow us to have access to some emergency first aid equipment such as defibrillators and so forth to um, be able to handle an emergency. And lastly, I guess our fourth thing that we do is that 
we expand our services based on need. So um, we were traditionally always known as an emergency service. Um, that's how we were formed in 1928. We were an emergency service that would come out and help you if you, if you had an accident or injury and that sort of thing. Today we do so much more. Today we are dental services. We have trucks that drive around and provide dental services. They come into a township and they stay there for two weeks and deliver um, vitally needed dental services because there hasn't been a dentist there for 40 years. So how do you, you know, get that service? The flying doctor will bring it in. Um, we provide mental health services and we're really, really thankful because we've um, had funding in the last couple of years now um, to extend our mental health services further and further afield to provide them to areas that really, really need them. Um, Allied Health, we're now looking at um, and, and increasingly bringing in physios, um, doing cancer screening and doing other key services that are just not available. So the RFDs is very much part of the communities that we serve. Now, I wanted to tell you another bit that ties into this. Country townships rely on, the, rely on each other. Unlike in cities where you might not know your neighbour, you might not ever meet the bloke that lives on the corner. Um, in townships in, in country Australia, caring and mateship is an integral part of what makes living possible. Um, when somebody has an accident and they're two hours away from any flight or ambulance or anything else, it's a first responder that has to keep that person alive. They're having a heart attack, somebody has to do CPR for as long as it takes until that plane, plane arrives. Somebody has a um, major um, um, wound, they're going to have to apply pressure and make sure that that person is stable enough so that they can you know, get them through to the top point where the plane arrives. So first responders, we rely on those heavily within country Australia. Volunteers, I've got a picture here of volunteers, but, and there was a, a giggle when, when the bloke uh, in the video earlier said that he shoes the ruse off the runway. Well, actually, that's, that's actually a vital, if you can think about it, emus and kangaroos um, are a major hazard. We don't have fenced, lit runways. We have a, a network of almost 5,000 runways, dirt strips all over the country, and we will land as needed on highways. Wherever we can put a plane down, we will do so. But it takes volunteers to make that happen, to stop the cars. It takes volunteers to get the ruse off. It takes volunteers to, in fact, in some areas, there's no lights. So what do you do when you have to land in the middle of the night? What they do is they store up toilet paper rolls. The best ones are the ones that are really cheap, the really cheap and nasty toilet rolls. And they get big Milo tins and they stick them in the Milo tins and soak them in diesel and then put them down the runway as lights. And they will, we have it timed. Like you can actually get a toilet paper roll to burn for just long enough to get a plane landed, get a patient in and get the, the plane off before the, the dunny rolls run out. <laughs> but that, that's, again, it takes a volunteer to do that. That's not, there's no RFDS staff member standing there. That's a community member saying, this child is ill. We need to get them to emergency hospital right away. We need to do this, and they come together. Um, refreshments at clinics. So those I showed you that map early with the 44 different locations every single day where clinics are held. The community comes together. They bring tea and coffee and lamingtons and the whole thing. They encourage people to come together. It's a point where from you know three, four hundred kilometres around, people come together to, to have that community to, to liaise about the fire pumps, to talk about the, you know, the cattle, the you know, all these sort of things. It brings people together. 
we have field days and volunteers come and make those field days possible. We teach people how to treat a snake bite. We uh, teach them how to do CPR. We teach kids how to brush their teeth. Um, uh, we talk about mental health and how to deal with stress. All of these things involve the community and um, the more we can engage with and be part of that community, the better. And then of course, I've already told you about the medical chests and the custodians. So, our reputation results actually just come from those that we serve and that we work with. And they're all over the country, in all shapes and sizes, all ethnicities, all age groups. By doing the work that we do, we are face to face on the ground, we're shoulder to shoulder, we're arm in arm, and we work to improve the health outcomes of people that live in country Australia. <laughs> it's fundraising. That's primary school kids fundraising for the flying doctor. So I don't know if I, I hope I've answered this question for you, but essentially we're humble and proud to be able to serve country Australia and do what we do and to help and to have their trust. And we feel that the reason that we have the results that we have is because of the work that we do and that that is first and foremost for us, the most important thing. That's why I didn't come today in heels and a corporate outfit because I don't wear it because it's very much a, it's a person, personal service, it's genuine, it's authentic and it's about what we do and why we do it and that's what's important and that's also why many of our staff work for the Flying Doctor for decades and never oh. want to leave because they know it's making a difference and because they know they can work with all the charities in this room as well to achieve that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. We've got a couple of minutes only for questions, so if there are any for Lana, please ask now. If not, we'll bring it to the phone. So we'll to you. Yeah, I go ahead. I have a question. I just want to say, well done. That was a great presentation. Oh, so thank, thank you. You've given us, we're a small um, charitable organisation in New South Wales, only, but you've given us a lot of um, food for thought, I think. And we're going to take that back and then think about how we can reach out better. That's great. Thank well, you. I'm glad it was helpful. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I was just saying uh, if I understand your message is that if you, you have a great product and you deliver a great service, and that's what helps. But having said that, you know, I've been involved with a lot of uh, not for profits and charities, and rarely do you come across one that doesn't, you know, want to do good and well. Is there anything that's unique and special that you think really? works in your case? Well for us as I said it's about servicing a need so if we were not there and so um, one of the points that Oliver had made was if your charity or organisation was not there what would Australia miss out on? Well actually and factually country Australia couldn't exist without us. You could not live, work or travel in country Australia if we were not there. So that's, that's a significant role that we play and whilst we're the quiet achiever over in the background and, um, and not really known of as so much within the metro areas, in country Australia we are so known and loved because we are part of that community. So I hope that answers your question, but it, it is that point of we are delivering a vital service and, and thus are embraced and loved to that degree. Yeah. Hello. Thank you, that was really inspiring. Um, my name is Zoe, I'm from Camp Quality and I'm really interested in um, how you talked about a lot of 
other services that you provide that a lot of people wouldn't know about. There's quite a few that I didn't know about. I know that's the case for our organisation, that there are a lot of things that we've evolved to provide, as you say, expanded with yeah. need. Um, but it's quite hard to communicate that out to people. It's very difficult. For for us, it's always you know people say, oh, flying doctor, yeah, yeah, you do emergencies, yeah, 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 yeah. You're just an emergency. You're like an ambulance that flies in the sky. Um, we're so much more than that. So we um, started putting uh, with our logo more than a flying doctor everywhere, just to try and get people to talk about that. And that really has been, I guess, my major challenge for the last several years has been trying to let people know of the extent of what we do, the work that we do, and it's not just emergency retrieval. Um, how to do that? I don't know. I guess in every single communication, one of the, the key programs that my CEO initiated three years ago, which I think really um, helps to do that, is he instituted a research program, um, a research team within the Flying Doctor at the Federation office just there in Canberra. It's a very small team, but it's really robust and everything is very thoroughly done, peer-reviewed and so forth. And we have just subject by subject taken up each of the key areas that are impacting on health in rural Australia. So the first one we did was dental and it was shocking. It was absolutely horrible, the, the statistics and the figures that were coming out where you were, we were learning of stories of because there were townships where no dentist had been there for four decades, you had entire families that had grown up with no dental care whatsoever and we'd have a dental service fly in and have to remove a 25-year-old's teeth, all of them, gone. Um, and it's that sort of story where you just go, this is just horrible. But then with that research paper completed, peer reviewed, we worked out recommendations with industry um, and then say, good, well, what can we do from Flying Doctor to start to, with, you know, arm in arm with industry, the dental association and so forth, how do we change that? And so we created different models. We started with a pilot with a semi-trailer in Queensland and started driving that Queensland, that big semi-trailer around. And then that worked so well. Then we went to government and said, look, that actually really worked. Now we should do for small trucks. So now we have, I think it's 15 different trucks around the country that go township to township delivering dental services. And the stories are amazing. And then you can take those stories and communicate about it. Um, so I guess for us, it has been a point of, um, being innovated in the areas that are needed and working out best ways to communicate what we're doing. And I will take those research fundings, those research findings and those publications and I will use ABC to heavily, heavily get the, that information out and to communicate that across as many channels as possible so that people start to learn we're not just an, an, an air ambulance. We do so much more. Last question, Ernie, and then we'll... Yeah. Yes. Thank you. How would you cope, or how did you cope, when you have a disaster like in Townsville? How can you assist and Well, floods are a bit difficult because planes need a strip to land on. Um, Townsville, we actually have a base in Townsville. Um, we have 24 aero bases around the country. Um, uh, there's there's a there's a, a balance there um, because we travel great distance. Uh, helicopters don't have the fuel capacity to travel great distance. So you'll see helicopters around the eastern seaboard to deal with that sort of thing. Um, but a plane is really required to, to do the distance um, and planes can't land in water, at least not the ones we have. Um, uh, 
but to answer your question, we are very much within that town, that Townsville community, and we work to provide local services and to assist them in any way we can. So, when disaster strikes, we're often called to do emergency aid. We're often called to do emergency um, primary health services and emergency services um, where others can't get in or where the access is limited. Um, and we're always there helping to mop up afterwards um, for in whatever capacity we can through the services that we do. Um, so, yeah, hope that answers. Okay. All right. All right, well, uh, join me in thanking Ronald. Thank you.